Hey, Mary. Hey, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. What was your first computer? Wow, my first computer. Well, I am not one of those that are, you know, kind of start when I was eight years old. Although I have a brother who is uh, three years older, and he is the one that started when he was practically when he was born. So he was really like an, you know, extreme like geeky type. Um, anyway, so that wasn't my computer, but um, but we did get some early days of like PC. So it again wasn't mine, but I'd say you know the the ones that. I had was like one of those eighty, uh, you know, the the Intel like eighty uh, six. Oh, the old, okay, the old one. This was like I, I assume eighty eighty six or the first one. There was eighty two, you know, two eight six, three eight six, four, and Pentium. Then that's right. Yeah, so that's the early one, eighty eighty six, something something like that. Yeah. So then what your brother is doing then? Ah, well, my brother's sort of semi-retired now. He's older, and um, but anyway, um, he actually, uh, you know, was quite a, a accomplished uh, network engineer. But he doesn't, cool. he doesn't like to talk. That's the thing. So nobody quite know him except for the people that he worked for and people that you know know him. But uh, but he's is a very talented person. But also a bit, uh, he just recently got diagnosed. But finally, that he actually had some autism uh, in him. So that's why I think he he just doesn't you know communicate too well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it, if you know, but but he provides communication using you know being a network genius, right? That's correct. <laughs> yes, isn't it funny? Yeah, he he knows all this stuff in and out. Yeah, and but yes, you're right. Yeah, he provides all the service, <laughs> but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, communication <laughs> as a service, exactly. <laughs> exactly, um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Um. What you did with the computer first, if you saw this, or, or you know. Your brother used the computer. What you you wanted to use that? You were forced to use it. You know, you play games. So, what's the story behind? Okay, so in my case, it was funny because you know, growing up, I actually grew up in Hong Kong, by the way. So it was interesting, right? So in the kind of eighties kind of time frame, yeah. And so um, he wasn't allowing me to use. It. Excuse me, was Hong Kong in eighties uh, high tech? Um, I'd say it's starting to be a little bit, but uh, but not okay. like that high tech. But then somehow, that's the thing, it's about my brother, he already knew about those things. That was like 70s to I think late 70s, he learned about, okay, there's something called computers that are being developed. And in fact, he was like, so new, and he would talk about it, he asked me to chip in with him to he wanted to buy the first PC ever that came out. But I was like, not in the, you know, not in that mindset. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. So I, I kind of like ignore him for the longest time it was kind of funny and how I ended up working with computers. Um, but I think he, I certainly got influenced by him too. Um, and we did like, in fact, instead of computers, we did space mission when we we're little kids, you know, we get on like, we built like, we use chairs and built like stays uh, or space rocket ship. And he would always want to be cool. the captain, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, 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 and you enjoy that? You also wanted to play, you know, the space mission and stuff. Yeah, that's right. So I I enjoyed that a lot. And of course, he was fan right of Star Trek and those times and all those like Star Wars when it came out. He was like big fan. He's still a big fan, I think. I, okay, I, but but he likes Star Trek and Star Wars at the same time. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He, he did. This is but, unusual. Usually, there's are two camps, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek. Oh. There's a yeah. <laughs> And what what's about you? 
you also like Star Trek and Star Wars? I when I was little, I remember watching Star Trek. I liked it too, but then I think when Star Wars came out, and my brother was such a big fan, so I I liked it. I I liked it too. And yeah, I, I think same here. Yeah, influence. Yeah, I, because I think because of him too is true. I like science fiction, science stuff because of my brother. I I do have to admit that. So ah, that's cool because then you 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 wanted to do computers because of. Movies and science fiction, right? <laughs> Interesting. I wasn't thinking so much of that. I have to tell you what happened. So I also played a piano, classical piano, and I also, wow. uh, yeah, and I sang in choir and, in fact, you know, all these things. And then I also did sports too. So I thought, well, I maybe, you know, in some ways too, I liked my brother, but also at the same time did not like him because he was a little bit kind of arrogant. He was very. Smart. He's still very smart in his own ways. Yeah. So I was kind of a bit <laughs> turned off. So this big turn off by him. I'm not gonna do what he wants to do. Kind of a bit of a rebellious thing. So I didn't yeah. like it. But I think it's funny because you see, I saw him every day. We did the space mission. We did all the science and stuff. And and I really liked it actually deep down inside. But it was just in a state of denial for the longest time because it was just this brother sister kind of like fighting thing. So I didn't do that. So anyway. So I thought, you know, when I first came to the United States, you know, to to go for a university or college here, and I thought, mm -hmm. well, maybe I'll go into exercise science. I wanted still to get into science, but doing mm -hmm. exercise physiology, that's interesting to me, too. So I thought I'd get into that. But I grew up at the time when computers were starting to to become the thing, you know, like early 90s kind of thing. So uh, Internet came yeah. out and all that. So. It was just kind of, I got, a, you know, a, kind of impacted by those changes. And then I started my uncle, too, who's who actually now he passed away, but he was like a forensic scientist and also like a biologist mm -hmm. scientist. He got into computers and he was the one that encouraged me. He said, you know, Mary, you got to get into computers now. This is the time. There's so much in there. Um, there's a plenty of job opportunities as well. And, you know, should go, get in. And I was really good in math, too. And, you know, uh, all those things. So I thought, okay, let me give it a try. And for me, it was interesting. I have to tell you, <clears throat> I got intrigued, actually. That's how I decided to get into computer. Because I came to the US and at first, the first year was undeclared major. And then, you know, you you went to school and we had to register. My school at the time, college, right, in, in East Coast of Mass uh, Massachusetts in the US. So they had actually older IBM terminals, if you know, right? Those terminals where you register, do your student registration, mm -hmm. answer questions. And I remember it intrigued me because it was like, okay, I actually answered some questions. It's coming from the computer. And, mm -hmm. you know, what what year are you or something? And I had to answer. That actually intrigued me and, and kind of piqued my interest. I was like, oh, how how does that work? I think that's how I got mm -hmm. into And that's how I got into, you know, started to take computer classes because it was the thing then. And so started taking classes. And, and so that's how I got in. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's very interesting now that you asked me about it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, it's a perfect story. I mean, the, you know, the registration terminal, you know, yeah. um, mot motivated you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it, it does. It did. <laughs> the conclusion would be, you know, all the students have to re-register every week, you know, yeah. to keep motivated, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, it certainly intrigued me. And I and I liked it. Once I started taking classes, I really liked it. I liked the fact that... Yeah, It's just something in it, right? You get into 
like a mode of thinking that you are designing something, a program or some input and request and process it and see the outcome, how joyful that <laughs> that was when I first wrote my computer. So, oh, it, it is working. It is computing. It is doing what I'm expecting it to do. So that's exciting. I, I, I like that. <laughs> so. But uh, you registered to computer science study? Or something different. So yes, so I and so my first year was sort of I thought I'd go into exercise physiology, but second year I changed it in the middle of the school year. Ah. Um, yeah, I changed it to mathematics and computer science. So kind of a com combination uh, of studies. Yeah, between and and before you started to study. You, you knew a programming language already or okay interesting I did not um, I did not take any computer sciences before I was just mostly mm -hmm. I guess it's a lot of math um, I was mostly a mathematics and, and in those those classes that that I was uh, involved with but but then once I started taking computer classes actually back then it was taking Pascal if, if you are you but, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, Turbo Pascal, was, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Pascal, and then later Turbo Pascal. So that's that's what I started learning was writing code in in Pascal, and it was a good language to to learn data yeah. structures. Yeah. that you're aware. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, academic, more academic. I also did a bit bit Pascal in Malaysia just for fun, but I really okay. appreciate it because there was something you know different. I, I started with basic and then Pascal and Pascal was more sophisticated. So I really enjoyed Pascal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so, so that's the language I started. Uh, so, but before you start, started to study, you your brother or you the brother didn't hack something on the computer or just play games or what was the story be? Oh, okay. Yes. Mostly just playing games. I think now in my okay. brother's case he he actually he would take apart the computer and then put it back together again and he he's just has that okay. <laughs> he has just that kind of uh, talent yeah he knows what it is and without being taught he's just very talented with with you know all this, the this is really interesting mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right so yeah but to me i i'm less of a you know taking apart computers and try to put them together i'm less of that but i'm more of a software i think i'm more yeah definitely on the computing software side so yeah. Mm -hmm. So you started with with Pascal, then Turbo Pascal, and in your leisure, you started, you know, to to build something, or you were just happy, you know, to 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 doing the homework or assignments or whatever. You are right. I think for me, I was mostly uh, at the time, right, in in college, and it was just mostly like doing homework assignment. I'd say, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't do anything extra. Plus, there were also other things I was involved with with you know college with, with the school with the whole experience too so yeah so i did really <laughs> whole experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't want to know what, what what it actually means you know the whole experience <laughs> say but you know for me being like a student right from not local yeah. not to the u.s at that time and yeah. there were a lot of things to learn the culture getting to know the people and all that and and i found that actually i always like enjoy meeting with people so i get to know people and and you know other things you know other than just sitting in front of the computer i i guess so yeah but anyways so yeah i i, I was trying to meet people and and doing things okay. And all those stuff. So, yeah, that's right. So what happened after Turbo Pascal then? Oh, after Turbo Pascal. Well, for me too, well, um, I'd say, right, for, okay, if you ask within the context of computers, then, then yes. it, yeah. So at school at that time, right, there were also learning, you know, at the time. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, if you, I don't know if you were involved in that time period in which they used to call like uh, programming language, like 3GL, right, third generation mm -hmm. language. So yeah. those are yeah. 
all the Fortran, all that. So I took yeah. and for GL as well. Yeah. Yes, and then for GL, and then getting into that, and and so. Essentially, what was intriguing to me, I recall at that time, was the uh, sequel. So sequel was starting yeah. to become new. And actually, my teacher, too, at that time, I took a class in introduction to database. And that's when they taught about Oracle uh, SQL. And that's when I learned SQL. You know, you learn database theory, normalization, and how do you do joins and all these things. And that's when I learned it. And I remember it was um, interesting for a while, too, for me. And, and so I was kind of getting into some of the databases and things like that. Um, and then if you kind of... Because it's math, right? So SQL is actually a lot of math behind SQL, right? Sure, sure. Yes, yes, totally. A lot. This of is math. maybe why you enjoy that, because uh, what I understood is you, you, you really like math. And if you yeah. take a look at a SQL, this is very puristic, you know, the, all the, how it's sure. called, normal yeah. forms, I think. You're, uh, the, this yes. is like, you know, just the optimizations and transformation is just... Uh, uh, it's yeah. like set logic or how it called it, no? You are yeah. working with sets. Sets, exactly. Set theory and things like that. Yeah, exactly. S set theory, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that's what I yeah also enjoy yeah, doing that. So th those I, I got into a bit too, uh, learning about databases. And, and at that time, again, it was new to the, the you know, learning about SQL. So SQL. Uh -huh. or, yeah. So, so I, I yeah. did that, yeah. And then also, too, there was also I took a class in networking theories, too. So mm -hmm. learning the seven layers and, and all these. And, and oh. in those OSI, days, right? The, so, the layers of OSI. The seven layers, yeah, all of these things. And it's, it's fast, fascinating, too. I think it really opens up to, you know, how do you do design? Even it can, this kind of concept applies to you designing software, the different layers and, and abstraction and things like that. So, so that yeah. was that was also very good. Yeah, I really enjoy. But I think one thing I really, really enjoy when when it gets to my senior years, so the last year of college, mm -hmm. I had to write mm -hmm. a paper. And uh, so I took uh, operating systems classes. And that time was interesting. Okay. An IBM MVS system that I study and mm -hmm. I wrote the paper. But now I can't cannot remember exactly. But myself, though, I always am fascinated to about operating systems and, and how it works and how, you know, it manages systems. So I like that a lot too. So I did that uh, basically in a, you know, in my senior year, I did a paper on, on like operating systems, like internals. Oh, you did a paper on it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, that's right. Not not like too, too, too fancy because it wasn't a graduate level studies. It was a, you know, bachelor's level. So, so not, not like too theoretical or sophisticated, but it was kind of pretty good too. I guess I, I did spend the time research and, and did a paper on that because like for graduation, you need to have like a paper essentially. So and this yeah. was the, uh, which operating system was it? Oh, it's actually old, right? Some MVS. So the uh, IBM, MVS, okay. Yeah, MVS, mm -hmm. yeah, the more mainframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, like mm -hmm. I said, I graduated like late '80s, <laughs> so it's kind of uh, those are the things you know of the day of, of those days. But yeah, yeah. What what is still around is um, the AS four hundred from IBM. And yes. uh, the ZOS, this are still and and what I know that you know I had that I had a lots of chats with AS four hundred engineers or or developers and they really love love it. So they say, okay, AS four hundred is the best operating system. This is what I wanted to know. So they they really like it and they try to convince me, you know, that the memory and the database and transaction everything in the same memory it it just works and they were really 
are really now fascinated by the operating system. Yeah. And I also you know um, was interested in it and took a look and yeah, it's actually interesting stuff, right? It's just the yeah. opposite of microservices. This is the, the exact opposite of microservices, but it's still working. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I, I uh, agree with you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think to me, it's interesting to see how, you know, like uh, everything kind of evolve over time. And it is true. Maybe some things are, so to speak, right, out of date and, and things like that. They're old and everything. But yet, I think as human beings, as this in this computer revolution, as we all go through it in, you know, in a, in a general sense, we actually had to go through that stage in order to arrive at today's stage because of what we've done in those stages. We learn and then we take it and we take what we've learned and move forward to design new things that are better. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, I, I have the feeling that um, we forget about the problems we had and the solutions and we try to solve already solved problems again, you know, and, and just use different names for it. This is, for instance... AS400, you can learn a lot from it, you know, if you, for, yeah. for certain use cases, you don't have, you know, to go in production with millions of microservices, maybe one machine with back ma big memory and, you know, um, a, a simple design could be also interesting, right? So, I mean, there's always uh, different solutions to a problem. Yeah. And uh, and uh, what I see is that the ent entire IT indus industry is going, you know, full extreme, full power in one direction. And they say, okay, it doesn't work, so they reject completely and go back, you know, yeah. rename it. But maybe something is in the middle, so you don't have to be that extreme. Sometimes, you know, you can say, okay, some you can solve some use cases with a small microservices and the others can be monolithic or whatever. This is what I'm saying. And um, it's interesting to learn, you know, from the older developers because what they did on the mainframes was actually amazing. They were able, you know, to achieve a lot of throughput I don't know how many transactions per second, but a lot. I, I was in a project where it is really the, the largest AS400 installation, so it was interesting actually to, to see yeah. this. So just saying, it was actually, it's not like the technology's legacy was rejected. It yeah. just, you know, maybe the, I think the developers get bored too early. Ah, <laughs> that's a good theory. I, I do believe. Yes, yes, it, it is true. We are always constantly looking for new, th what we think is new things. Yeah, like that. yeah. 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 Totally. 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 Yeah. yeah Very good. Yeah, but, but it's um, I I just interrupt you, you know. But it will be MVS uh, was interesting for me. So yeah. um, what happened then? So uh, I mean, you, you stick with. So what happens after the paper? What happened after the paper? Well, interestingly, right then I graduated and then had to look for new jobs. And I have to say, then I got a job. Uh, my very first job was uh, IT department for a chemical company called Monsanto. Okay. Which is like then the. Okay. You know, they they're based uh, headquarters still. They're a big company, chemical making you know resins and all these <laughs> smelly chemical mm -hmm. plants. I actually got my first job there was an IT department, and then I started working. But I recall myself this like, well, all these theories, all these operating systems, it's not I cannot use that in a in a job like that. It was more like you know you, I'm servicing the IT department. Mm -hmm. But the thing mm -hmm. is, though, that's what the world's, you know, the, the most of the systems are about. You're solving problems for the business or some operation. Yeah. 
that you so so yeah so that's that's where I worked and what's interesting the system was actually at the time was like old right is in or uh, some some parts of it was were actually in Fortran <laughs> written in Fortran mm-hmm. and then that's when I brought up these uh, 3GL 4GL and they were working on a new uh, file system or database in between the SQL stuff and the old file structure file system is called info very old and I remember the old documentation was kind of old binders and all that and so I was kind of helping them to maintain and the system is actually interesting I mean it's applicable anywhere to this day it's a business software that you help with a chemical plant right any can be kind of factory too you have different projects that are happening so the the system is tracking projects and the cost Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. you're you're like tracking number of hours worked all these things and the workers allocation and then uh, has all the accounting uh, associated with it because how many hours they work, how many, you know, how much to charge, you know, different departments, things like that. So it's more like an internal accounting kind of project management system. And that's what it was. So so that was my very first project, but using old technology. <laughs> so yeah, that that's what I did. Yeah. So after this, what happens then? Okay, after this, I decided, well, you know, it's too old. I wanted to to do something a bit newer. So I moved to, um, well, I was in Massachusetts, so moved to Boston. There were a lot more exciting things there. It's also near MIT. I started taking okay. classes, learning about X windows at the time. And so that was, that was interesting too. Um, and, and then I worked for the Department of Transportation, the U.S. Department. Uh, so a bit more government mm-hmm. contract work. And that was a bit more uh, research oriented type of systems. They are just small okay. systems. And, and that was funny. I was just recently talking with someone about how, you know, at the time, right, database would also undergo a lot of, uh, undergoing a lot of changes. There's things like Oracle coming in. I started do, working with some early, you know, versions of Oracle for the databases and helping more like storing of data. It's really, really early stage of using, you know, these fancier database systems. Um, but anyway, then there were, there were just a bunch of small projects that I help out with. And not only that, I was going to say then there was also a thing called dbase <laughs> not sure if yeah exactly uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah dbase yeah yeah dbase yeah. and clipper you remember clipper yes clipper yeah there's also somebody telling me recently saying fox pro they work on <laughs> i yeah. did not on fox pro but yeah but the clipper i remember and then uh also then help out with you know dbase 3 because there was some things i remember i had to take some dbase 3 files and transfer them and essentially integrate or kind of transfer the data into Oracle database, but very manual, that whole process. Because you take the DBase kind of uh, files and then you have to essentially massage it, some script to massage it and then get it ready so you can do the import into the Oracle database. So, yeah, so I've done stuff like that. It's kind of more like utility, you know, loose end. But it sounds cool. It's like, you know, no SQL to SQL bridge, right? <laughs> you, you've wrote with, right? with big data pipelines. <laughs> This is what you can write on your resume, right? That's right. Yeah, if you kind of think about yes, <laughs> what the modern day we call it. <laughs> Big data. What you should do, Mary? You should you should suggest a talk somewhere. You know the uh, about the NoSQL DBase serverless database, right? <laughs> and and then just. <laughs> <laughs> Whether someone will notice or not, you know, that this is just, you know, a joke. This would be actually fun, you know, to just to try to sell, you know, very old technology and, and see what, what what happens, you know, on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun thing, maybe. Yeah. 
maybe some maybe ah, you give me good suggestions. Maybe I'm always interested in coming up with new ideas. Maybe like you said, I mean, as developers, we always look for new things to do. And these days, I feel we go to conferences. I mean, they are great. We we listen to all of these. Things you know yeah. talk, but maybe we should do something like retro, kind of like a retro thing, you know, kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Think of the old days, and then have people suggest you know different topics that they can just share, you know, the old times. <laughs> yeah, that's probably good too. And what, what I did um, one year ago, I uh, I delivered a topic. It was an online conference um, yeah. with the title um, "EJB Developers Now Is Your Time," and I explained with EJB ideas how AWS Lambda is working. Oh. And it and it turns out that this is uh, almost identical. There are just minor differences. And if you know EJBs, you are actually a serverless expert. And uh, this was the entire, this was uh, really fun because, you know, there was uh, there was an online audience and they asked me questions and they say, you are actually right. Yeah, there's different names, but the concepts were there. Oh. So um, it's really valuable, I would say. But it's not like, you know, the old technologies were bad. They just worked and they worked perfectly because we were highly optimized. So we can still learn from them. Sure, sure. I, I agree with you totally. You give me very good uh, ideas now. I, I should really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that, you know, since after after the talk, all your conference talks get rejected and you are jobless. You know, this is not my fault. So be careful with, with my idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, yeah. But it is, you brought up very good point because it is true. A lot of concepts, they are probably just, you know, they're still like, I think the core principles are there, but it's just new ways of packaging them up and presenting mm -hmm. them. Like you said, it, it is serverless. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. What, um, give another example from Java because, um, so it started with remote method invocation, RMI. Maybe you know, know heard about that. So okay. you can, okay, they say, okay, RMI is no more the thing. So there we do RMI over IOP because Corba was a thing. So Corba was more complicated, but was still lightweight. And they say, okay, Corba is too heavyweight. What happened then? Corba disappeared from enterprise and appeared on devices and IoT. And I say, okay, how is possible? You everyone's saying, you know, Corba is heavyweight, and now we have Corba and IoT. I mean, this is not possible. And then they say Corba is legacy and it died. And what happened a few years ago? GRPC <laughs> happened. Oh. And if you look at GRPC and compare GRPC to Corba, I would say identical identical concepts. You know, they have even, you know, the interface generation, the concept is identical. It's just renamed. Yeah. And and what surprised me, it became really popular. So, okay, but I mean, you cannot just say, you know, Corba is bad because, I mean, maybe the API was not, 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 not uh, fun to work with. We, we could simplify this for sure. But the idea was actually good. What's proof that gRPC is very successful, right? So this is actually a story which I observed and I'm so okay, this is actually funny to watch. But um, yeah, you can you could actually sell a talk th uh, three times, right? You could talk, you know, the first five years about RMI, then over Corba and gRPC and it'd be just, you know, same slides <laughs> with different captions, I would say. That's right. Yes. Same slides, yeah, but different, yeah, like uh, diff different labels, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Very good. Yeah, yeah, cool. So what 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 happened then after you know your DBase uh, NoSQL to SQL bridge project? Oh, those, those things. So okay, so those those days were gone. But I, what did I do? I was actually doing more on with like C and Unix. I was in in that cool. kind. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, yeah, C Unix uh, environment. Which Unix? Worked, uh, oh, what what flavor? I actually okay started off. I um. 
I'm trying to think. I actually work for a company called Stratus, and and they're based also in Massachusetts. They do fault tolerance, high availability systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it's interesting. I didn't work directly with the OS side by operating system, but mm-hmm. I was hoping with a structured file system uh, that mm-hmm. they had that run on their hardware. And it's uh, they were actually uh, looking into transaction systems, and maybe you also have wow. worked with that. So transaction mm-hmm. type, um, and and it was called uh, what was it? Uh, the company is called Transarc. Um, mm-hmm which later was bought by IBM. And uh, it was mm-hmm. actually interesting. There was a, a, a very well-known at that time uh, person also doing, I think is a professor, but apparently he got lost at sea. Nobody could find him. His name is G- Jim Gray. I don't know if you've heard of, but he wrote this big Bible okay. of transaction system. So anyway, that was something. I think he worked for IBM, uh, not IBM, Microsoft too. So anyway, that was that Transarc system. And he, that- uh, he was lost at sea? He so was he lost got lost? Yeah, he got lost at sea. I remember I read, I said one quite recently, I found out, oh, I wonder where he was. Right? Oh, he was the, the big transaction, uh, you know, kind of well-known figure at the time. And, and so there is no rollback now, right? So we could roll back this, there should yeah, be a game. Yeah, no rollback. He's gone. He he lost at sea, but uh, but it was really yeah. weird. And because I also wonder, well, where did it had where has it led? You know, leading us to um, with his you know expertise in transactions. So, but the point I'm trying to make, since you were asking about what I worked on, so I worked on the Transarc uh, file system. It was uh, complicated too. It's dealing with transactions and yes, things. Sure. That, yeah. So it's it's, it's uh, you know I I didn't work so much into the transaction side, but it's a bit more on the file system um, type of thing. Because anyway, at the time, Stratus was trying to uh, integrate the, their Transact system mm-hmm. into their their uh, operating system to support their high availability OS. And so yeah, it was a uh, interesting times. Yeah, it was in Unix and C. And Unix, when you ask to, they also have a Stratus uh, operating system. Plus, they also, I, I forgot which one, but some flavor of Unix that they're trying to also be running on their hardware, too. So so that's what uh, that's what I worked on. So Actually, uh, this was a really interesting project you did. Yeah, yeah. So, that was but a- whether you know, if I read, if I read something from the transactional file system, um, do, do I get two copies? So, you know, if someone writes, so how the consistency were like ACID consistency, or you remember this? Because it's interesting, you know, concept. It, it, it really is interesting, but I, hmm, I, very good question. I should go back, go back to that. I did, I did not work. Hey, on Mary, it. I thought you will prepare to the podcast, you know, with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you asked about my history. I was thinking about event streaming, so I didn't go that far. But I'm trying to remember. But those are good too. I, now that you asked me about it, it was like long time ago. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. No. No. Just uh, interesting. So um, w- w- because what's what's interests me, your transition to Java, you know. So and but this is getting more and more interesting. So what's yeah. um. So we did the um, uh, the uh, the transactional file system. So how long you stay with the company? What happened afterwards? Oh sure. So I think because of various reasons and because of Transarc, they eventually sold it to IBM something. And and I think even with the company itself, they decided to abandon the idea. Something like we were porting essentially, right? Taking the Transarc and porting it mm-hmm. over to the to the to the, the their native OS, and it didn't work or something. So. 
and I actually lost my job. Unfortunately, the team got downsized. So, but then I, okay. I moved on, right? Moved on to some other thing, and I actually joined. Um, uh, became okay. That actually was an interesting project in in terms of uh, you know like you know for me giving me some example. Like I I don't know why I always run into projects like that. They are unclear <laughs> and I got in you know and was still kind of learning my way kind of in my within my first 10 years of you know after graduating so okay so I worked actually for <clears throat> indirectly right for Sun Microsystems but I worked on cool. an SMTP as uh, you're familiar okay. with the transfer protocol but actually specifically is the mail transfer agent MTA mm-hmm. so I had to port that and at the time there was also uh, Solaris, right? Solaris mm-hmm. OS. I work on Solaris Unix too. And Solaris, uh, they were running, uh, actually, I should say Spark OS became becoming the thing. So it's from Solaris uh, mm-hmm. OS to, to, uh, to Solaris, I should say Sun OS to Solaris, but they also run on Spark and also Intel x86 mm-hmm. uh, chip. Mm-hmm. So then they wanted to make sure SMTP also runs. At the time, they already had a port on Spark, but they wanted it to also run on the i Intel 86 uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. So I was helping out too with that project. It's essentially porting it from Spark to mm-hmm. i86. But the thing, interesting thing is too is that they were using the Lotus Notes. If you recall, this company called Lotus yeah. Notes. Yeah. yeah. And so they are about the Lotus is an integrated you know, a spreadsheet uh, email, yeah. right? All these things. Yeah. And so that's the... Domino S- server, right? The notes domino, you know, the domino oh, server? Yeah, yeah you remember. And, and I, did, did you know actually that uh, there the open source project Couchbase, the Couch database is based on notes. So actually one of the committers yeah. started Couchbase. So it's actually Lotus oh, notes is still alive indirectly. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Now I learned something new. Wow. Okay. That I did not know. But the thing is, though, I did not work on the domino side. But again, I worked on the SMTP MTA uh, mail mm-hmm. transfer gateway to port it. So it's kind of very specific kind of project. Um, but at the time, too, I remember I had to be on site at Lotus, uh, the company um, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I got there, but there was nothing. And they put me underneath a stairwell. It was really weird. I felt like, okay, I'm a consultant working on this project at a foreign company, a third-party company. No desk and no machine. So the Sun Microsystem people said, okay, we're going to ship you the Spark machine. We're going to ship you the i86. So they shipped the machine there. No operating systems. So I had to actually do everything from scratch, right? And kind of install Spark, install all this. So to me, I'm like, I never did it before. So I kind of learned on the spot. And there was somebody from Sun too who came and was kind of helping out. We were, we, we finally set things up. So that was quite an experience in terms of, you know, you know how like you go in and work and you expect, okay, I got my laptop all set up, ready to go, write code. No, at that time, no operating system, nothing. How do I connect, you know, the network? How do I do all these things? So I, the, the good thing, good news is that I learned so much from that job. And it was a, a consulting work, I think. Yeah, this a, was like, you know, now we have bring your own device, bring your own operating system, right? Yes. The... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's what I went to. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it gave me a really good sense of appreciation too um, because of those experiences. But uh, was it, a, you remember the workstation? Which which one was it? 
Was like you know a tower or what was it? It it wasn't a tower. It was a a, a spark. They gave me a spark machine, right?、Uh, the earlier.、Um, I can't remember even like what the model name was.、Um, but okay, was, because I I really wanted to have a tower. This is why I'm asking. This was later, maybe ninety five or something. So the,、um, but I was impossible to buy in Germany. So I forgot the name. This was like、uh, the smallest you know workstation, but it was the same workstation was used、um, in Sun Microsystems training center. Forgot、oh. the name, but it was a nice one.、Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. So I I didn't have that, but I re- recall. Yeah, it was just one of those、uh, Sun kind of Spark workstation that are. And you、yeah. liked the experience later working on the machine, or? Yes, actually, I liked it, even though it was difficult because I really was not trained for that. It's completely like you know, almost seems like okay. When I interviewed for the job, they didn't say it; they just said porting job. And so porting, yes, it might be kind of、uh, you know, kind of mundane, so to、mm-hmm. speak. Because I was expecting, okay, I'm gonna be starting to build these systems, and you find out different, you know, all these problems,、mm-hmm. and you go and fix it, and all these things in in your code base, and rebuild、mm-hmm. it, and keep you know doing. But then, not knowing there was no machine, so that really kind of、uh, you know, completely like you know, unexpected. But but that like like I said, I I always welcome right any kind of situations that comes and you just tackle it. You don't worry so much about is it you know this and we need to get this done. We need to get that set up. Some necess necessary steps. You go and get it done so you can move on to what you need to do. Kind of things.、So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Then MTA was ported, right? I mean, you could、yeah. finally send emails. What what happened then? So the job was done,、yeah. and then yeah, that's why it was like consulting. We kind of work, right? So I think we we got it done, got it built, and and and、uh, was able to to run right on on the、uh, the tar the 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 purpose of that con- consulting work was to have it run on the i eighty six machine.、Mm-hmm. So for running、mm-hmm. on Spark, yeah, the MTA. So so yes,、yeah, so that was good, and、uh, yeah, so.、Um, Yeah, so so that that was that was good. I, I should say Solaris on i eighty six. So so we were able to get it built, even though we're still buggy, right? And it's, all of these things are never very easy to to solve. And plus, you are working with、uh, another vendor, so there are a lot of dependencies in there too. So there were also, you know, meetings too to kind of understand some issues, or we try to report issues and trying to get them to fix it. That type of stuff too. That that I had to go through. There was also another.、Mm-hmm. Like I said, another consultant there. So it's just between me and him. We were taking care of this, and we set up、okay. all. Okay. Yeah. And and when you started with Java, or what was it? Your,、oh, yeah. What happens between you know your your work and your first Java, you know,、oh, contact contact to Java, the first contact. We didn't even get to Java. Finally, we are okay. So okay. So for me, um, I okay at the time I was working. Then I switched then to another company, Sybase. If you. Maybe ah, okay, the database company. Database.、Okay. Yeah. So after MTA, you started at Sybase. Yes, that's right. So I first、cool. joined their Power Builder、uh, division.、Um, yeah. 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 C plus plus, as you know, and and so anyway,、mm-hmm. so、uh, then Sybase to the main company. They were they of course they were partner with like J two E E right back then was Java two、mm-hmm. Enterprise Edition. They participate in specifications. EJ. What was、all. the server Sybase? You remember the name of the server? The server, yes, for J two E server. J what they call J two E. It's called、mm-hmm. uh, EA server, Enterprise Application Server. So they name、okay. short. From EA, but they used to have a code name called Jaguar too when they first started. Jaguar, okay. Jaguar,、mm-hmm. Jaguar mm-hmm. and then EA server. But so yeah, essentially, it's just I worked directly on the JT J two EE server team development team. So I was wow. Too, so、yeah. you started with Java, just you started you know to to program J two E 
as a Swiss Java project? Yes, as a Java project is di directly working on the J2, uh, the JEE server. Yeah, it's so crazy. There was it like year 2001, 2002? Yes, that I actually joined them 19. 1997 or eight, uh, that's when I transfer with, with Power Builder because what happened was, okay, so so they were saying that to, to make them more value added is that while well, their JEE uh, enterprise server would also support uh, native Power Builder components. And I, I okay. Power Builder team, so they said, you know, I got a chance. I said, okay, I want to work on Java. So that's how I transfer. And then I was helping out with... Um, with, with so you essential. transition from C to Java, right? From, from C to Java, yeah, that was that was. And the, and uh, you like the experience? Yeah, yeah, I, I like it, and that's how I got into working with uh, Java too because of that. And first, what was your very first Java IDE? Good question. Um, you know, interestingly, I have to tell you, I was still using uh, Emacs <laughs> for the longest sure. time. Yeah, yeah. No, not, yeah. With Unix and C, so I I love it too. But it is true. I I first started when I on the Java project. I was still. Uh, using Emacs. Um, then later, people were saying that, oh, um, Eclipse. So that's when I, mm -hmm. I started using Eclipse and IBM okay. already kind of got their hands into doing Eclipse IDE. So that's yeah, sure. when, that was my first official IDE. Although I have to say NetBeans too, because that being also uh, more easier to get or something, I downloaded, I remember I used some try out uh, NetBeans, but eventually too, I settled down essentially using Eclipse. Yeah, that's that's why I use it. I was using it for a while, so. I, I use NetBeans also a lot, so it's uh, interesting. Yeah. And what yeah. you did with the J2, what do you have to implement on the server, you remember? Okay, so for me, it was interesting. Um, less, you know, of about uh, application because I was in the product development. So I help out, actually, there, there's also a, um, uh, you know, piece of that uh, project was on management, like managing. So they actually were using Swing to develop a uh, management console so mm -hmm. so that, that that's the project i work on and it was actually good for me because i didn't know anything about java at that time and and basically the manager said would you like to help us and you can learn swing and swing was the thing of the time because at first it was yeah. the awt right <laughs> so abstract window yeah and yeah, then yeah. They, the swing was the big thing so i said okay i want to learn swing and that's how i my first project with java was more you know, working with, with Swing. And though they develop a pretty nice uh, framework too that's kind of wrapped around um, mm -hmm. uh, using Java, essentially. So so that's that's the uh, Java experience I had uh, in the beginning was working with Swing. And the nice thing too, for me to work on that project I found was I start to really appreciate because being you are managing the whole system. So you have to understand the spec too. And that's when I really mm -hmm. studied the spec because you have to understand how do you do, you know, the different, I remember the uh, different, uh, um, what you call it, uh, different hierarchy, right, of uh, class loader. Um, mm -hmm. I still remember, yeah. right? you have application level, you have- Yeah, team. you have, you know, the, the application year, war, and EGB, and they were like hierarchical structure of class yeah, loaders, right? That's right, class loader. So that's when I kind of learned it because I had to understand then I know how to support it through a management interface. How do you enable people to use it? Um, kind of, you have to understand that first. So so I kind of spent a fair amount of time understanding uh, EJB and then session, well, of course, getting into EJB too, the session being the stateless and stateful, all of these things and so I, I learned it. I didn't you know so you are experts. It's crazy, okay? 
<laughs> yeah, well, expert. Interesting, though. I didn't write as many applications. I right? it was just more like understanding that and how do I implement it. And but but to understand real world implementation is is also a different kinds of skill set too. How do people use it to turn it into useful business solutions? Right. Yeah. So maybe problem. do you know Marina Marina Vatkina? You know know the uh, she, Marina you, Marina Vatkina. She was as EJB spec lead. Oh, okay. okay. And the interesting I... part, I had some ideas, you know, about what could be improved because I used EJBs and Java in my projects all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I always, you know, look look forward to 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 meet her, and and I said so before I you know would write stupid emails, I just go to her and tell tell my my ideas, right? It's like, yeah. hey, Marina, my idea is to do this and this, and yeah. and she looked at me and said, okay, if we do this. You will break this and this and this and this, so better forget it. So okay. So oh. the next time try and I say she was no like a walking spec, you know, oracle. She knew she knew everything, you know. If if we do this, this will break. This was actually a funny experience. So whatever I tried to contribute, it never worked, you know, because uh, she exactly knew, you know, what the implications are of my ideas. But uh, oh. yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I know of a Marina, but working for Sybase, not at the Oracle. She was uh, for Sun, Sun Microsystems. I think it was EGB3, maybe it was later. Oh, the later. Oh, I wonder, because I know she joined Oracle later too. Maybe, maybe that's the same Marina, <laughs> because I know somebody. Maybe, called. maybe. Yeah. yeah, wow, small world. So we yeah. have to investigate this because, yeah, yeah interesting. Good idea, good idea. So, yeah. so how long you stick with Sybase? I stick with them until 2004. So it was about seven years that I was at Sybase. Oh, not bad. And then what happened? Okay. Uh, well, then family, because of family wanting. Yeah. At the time, I was in San Francisco, ended up, right, for Sybase okay. and all these. And they moved, you know, they, they're based original. And you like uh, San Francisco or you preferred Massachusetts, Massachusetts yeah, or Boston? You know, so what? And then Boston and here. It, I think different places have different, uh, you know, kind of feel and, and culture yeah. and to it too, mm -hmm. right? The climate and everything. But I think every place I've been to, Boston in the U.S., where I live in Boston area and then San Francisco and now in Chicago, every place places is different, right? The, the temperature and everything. And But the thing is that California has got earthquake. <laughs> so that's what I'm kind yeah. of afraid of. And of course, more expensive too. That's another thing. So Okay. Yeah, so if there is can be a place that you could gather the the best of three different places, that would be good. But that doesn't exist. Maybe utopia, <laughs> but but yeah, utopia, like, okay, <laughs> utopia, <laughs> like a utopian city. But but I I think yeah, definitely each place has its own charm. I I should put it like okay. that. And I do enjoy each place a lot too. So yeah. So what happened then in two thousand four? Family and then yeah, family moved to Chicago. But you know, amazing too. Now I look back, right now that you talk about it, it's my first time thinking of this. Um, although I thought about it before, but to kind of lay it out, you know, in the front talking about it, it's good that I, you know, have worked with a lot of products and understand spec, but times to actually put it in action. And I coming into Chicago, it's you know, Chicago is more like a not like an innovation, technology innovation type of mm -hmm. city or area. Mostly, too, there are companies that are financial companies, manufacturing, all of these, they are using, uh, they are user of these technology. So as a result, mm -hmm. I was looking for work. I was, I actually enjoy research and product development, but I couldn't find any job like that. There were more um, kind of chances, mm -hmm. opportunities in other application, so to speak, application area. But I think it's mm -hmm. a good thing because I really find myself, I really learn so much, you know, and, and it's good as a developer, I keep exploring.
expanding my horizon. So here it is in Chicago. I first worked for Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I mean, I worked for a couple companies too, but mostly consulting. I did work for Mercantile Exchange, which is a financial exchange, you know, doing futures and options trading, very mm. different than what I was used to. And they are user of Java technology. And in fact, these, you know, these um, financial companies in the in uh, Chicago, very, they are very sophisticated too, I should put it that way. Because they are very advanced because of their needs, they have to look ahead. And I think if you mm -hmm. compare them with other types of industries, the financial ones definitely are more advanced in terms of, you know, progressive in terms of wanting to actually use the latest technology. And if not, they write their own framework. And that's what happened too. And, and Mercantile Exchange, actually, they've written some of their own trading uh, matching algorithms, for example, uh, that, you know, I remember I asked them, I said, why don't you use Java technology or, or you know, enterprise? They said, well, that's too slow. Uh, the performance cannot meet what we need. And for example, like Chicago too had another uh, board options exchange, which is now part of another company now. But at the time too, they also, the whole matching algorithms, they they write the whole trade matching. They, they do it, they, they did their own. Just because they were saying that, well, if we use Java technology, yeah. it's just the performance is not acceptable. So mm -hmm. they, they mm -hmm. did their own. Yeah. So very, mm -hmm. very interesting too. So, yeah. But but as such, it becomes very proprietary to their technology. Yeah. But um, for instance, I think the, you know, this the LMAX, uh, this is the uh, London exchange and they use Java a lot internally, for instance. Interesting. Oh, okay. Interesting too. I did. Uh, if, if you, can, uh, you can do, you can search for LMAX Disruptor. And oh, this okay. LMAX Disruptor is a pattern actually interesting for uh, for high, it's like a ring buff, a very fast one, but this oh. is actually used by the London ex Exchange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's cool. Did you work on that? It sounds like you. No, no, know. I was just interested you know, in general with them because I was also in high performance projects. So I, you know, tried to, to find out what the others are doing, but I didn't work for the London Exchange, but uh, I know that it exists. Yeah, that you know it exists. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll look. Yeah, that's another project. LMAX, LMAX Disruptor. This is your LMAX. home assignment, LMAX. home okay. homework. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like cool. Uh, so interesting what you did. So, so you work for the different companies, but what I understood, it was not always Java, right? That That is correct, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Java uh, mainly. Then, you know, when you talk about, like, since coming to Chicago, um, mostly still mm -hmm. a lot of companies are definitely have a backend that's Java. But as the times are changing, right, and, and you have web, you have the cloud now coming into yeah. play, having Docker and all these things. So, yeah, so yeah. definitely, too, um, there are other areas, too. I got a bit into mobile, for example, mobile development, but it's part of an enterprise architecture thing that yeah. they have. Java backend, but very old Java at the time. For example, at this one cell phone company. So, uh, but they also have like front end. They were using Angular and even like uh, the front end for backend type of thing, like with uh, Node.js mm -hmm. and okay. Like that. And the mobile stuff was with them because at the time too, they they actually at first had a mobile application that was, um, well, I should say mobile, but they have a website. So they just use their web browser on their mobile to do their mobile thing to tell mm -hmm. user. But they wanted to make it more native, uh, mm -hmm. mobile, mobile app. Mm -hmm. But instead of taking too much time and nobody knew enough, they decided to use Apache Cordova. That one, um, mm -hmm. okay, um, yeah. So it's more like generated. You know, you you write your yeah. code JavaScript essentially and generate Android and iOS code. So yeah. I also help with that uh, project for for a bit too. So yeah, so it it gets quite interesting to kind of understand how you know uh, things can you know can evolve so much in, essentially.
yeah. So, so and then what happened? So what would? Oh, you mean with, with that project? Well, so that project is essentially launched. You know, kind of they call it when you deploy, it becomes native. Um, but so, but you switch then, but but you switch then to Red Hat at one point of time, right? To to I'm sorry, to to which to one? Red Hat or IBM, right? Oh, so you switch IBM. Okay, so that's that's it. So that I work on that mobile project with the part of the enterprise. Then after that, 2018, that's when I switched to IBM and became a developer advocate. So yeah, so oh, okay. Yeah, so that was like five years. Talking about almost five years ago. That's that's when I, you know, the last project I worked on was that mobile thing, and then became, a, you know, developer advocate. Yeah. But and what you did in IBM exactly? Because I met you from time to or not my. Uh, I yeah. always we always missed uh, right uh, us, and, and the first time we really met in person was uh, in October last year, I think, in, in yeah. Poland, right? Which in was Poland. amazing. Yeah, yes, that, it, it is true. I, and of course, at the time, I, I already heard, when I looked at who's going to be speaking there, I said, like, Adam, Ben, I said, oh, I get to finally meet Adam in person because you are you have said yeah. you are a famous person in, in Java. Anyway, but it is very true. So I started becoming a developer advocate, but it's nice too Then started talking and it, it kind of brings me to a different aspect of, of the field where right? I'm more about advocacy now and less about mm -hmm. deep going deep down to write code that type of stuff but but yeah that that's what it is at IBM too I first joined uh, was the Java developer advocacy team and uh, mm -hmm. with a few folks too you might know also in the Java community Pratik and Sebastian Dashner and also uh, Bill oh, cool. uh -huh. yeah so we were a small team uh, developer advocacy and I helped out mostly in the reactive uh, systems because at the time okay. IBM was having a partnership with Lightband and was doing their their ACA, uh, some ACA work with ACA, but it was short-lived, not too long because of the partnership didn't re get renewed. But I, mm -hmm. I helped out too initially was with the uh, reactive systems like advocacy. So it was new for me at the time and just learning about it. And how do I do advocacy around it? And and I think I always try to 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 avoid. This is very f fortunate or good that we didn't met because I always try to you know. Uh, to uh, to to avoid directive programming in Java because it makes things really complicated. If you don't have to, I don't use no reactive. And I'm really looking forward to Loom, to Project Loom, the new yeah. stuff, because yeah. this will make programming simple. Except, you know, what we do do the next time, hopefully, is streaming. In a streaming, if the data is pushed to you, in my yeah. opinion, reactive programming makes a lot of sense. But you know, if I am a service and I'm calling HTTP, for instance, in my oh. opinion. Reactive programming, HTTP is not reactive. Why I should use no reactive programming to oh, okay. uh, to call something in request and respond? So this is um, interesting. So, but uh, you did reactive programming at IBM. What else? Okay, uh, I think mostly was the reactive programming, reactive systems, and and then because of uh, what what I gonna say, uh, the reactive uh, you know systems and and uh, you know with ACA, but because then then we weren't supposed to do ACA anymore. Then I switched to doing uh, because of the Red Hat uh, acquisition, mm -hmm. and of course Red Hat then comes their folks working on uh, Eclipse and Vertex things like that. So I also got okay. a bit more Vertex and all of these. And then later too, there's restructuring. I got to join the, the MicroProfile uh, team or the team that's actually more on the business side, like WebSphere. Oh, I did I didn't knew that, that, that you work with MicroProfile because I use MicroProfile all the time, actually. I'm oh, still a huge oh, fan. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so I work with that MicroProfile team for a year or so. Uh, then Open Liberty, um, MicroProfile hooked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what I yeah I was like doing advocacy for those uh, systems too. So yeah mm -hmm. yeah. So 
So and then this was your last, you know, task and IBM and then Micropower was done and right or something else? Yeah. So well, that's that's what I was doing to help out with Micropower. And no Quarkus. There was no Quarkus. Oh, you didn't. Yeah. I. Well, I think because okay, at the time when I was the Java team, then we were doing some Quarkus, but because I switched to WebSphere and WebSphere decided, well, let's not advocate for Quarkus. We just want to do Micropower. So that's why yeah. I not have a chance to work with okay. Quarkus. Yeah. Because actually using right now Quarkus with MicroProfile all the time is interesting. Yeah, so, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And then you switch companies to where? Yeah, so now, well, okay, I should skip something, but now let me kind of jump to where I am. Now I'm at Datastax and, and working mm -hmm. on Apache Pulsar. And and mm -hmm. again, you know, Datastax too, the, the whole... Um, you know, that their main flagship product is Apache Cassandra and also a exactly. managed cloud platform. Yeah. Managed cloud. This is where Azure. you can this is where you can really use your DBase skills because it's also no SQL, right? So you can transfer your DBase <laughs> skills to Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm on the... This was just joking. Yeah. <laughs> but but Cassandra but Cassandra is a great Java database, Apache Cassandra, is uh, it is uh, very performant. It's the one of the uh, yeah. most popular Java first, one of the first NoSQL databases, and yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, and it's, it's very similar also to a bit to Mongo and a bit to DynamoDB, I would say. So DynamoDB and Cassandra are similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No SQL and and yeah, very fast, high availability, all of these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, like essentially, well, there are a lot of big companies using it too. So and data. Stacks provide support for uh, Cassandra and Apache Pulsar. Yeah, that's right. So what happened is that a year and a half or so ago, and and database, well, well, I should say, Data Stacks decided that well, we're not only just doing, uh, you know, database Cassandra. After all, is data in in re at rest, right? More about that. But they wanted yeah. to do well data in motion and data in use that type. So that's when they said, well, it's time getting to real time. Um, you know, from a business perspective, we our product mm -hmm. can also handle data that's kind of a mm -hmm. fast you know real-time kind of thing so so that's when they decided to adopt right apache pulsar and now mm -hmm. apache pulsar what what what, we... what what means adapt that doesn't mean that the data stacks company are committing a lot or are are they building you know extensions to to pulse out what, what does it mean adapt uh, adapt well in terms of okay yes for first and foremost we are we also have developers uh, that are committers uh, to the apache okay cool Project, right, and we have PMC on the projects too. So okay. we have me too in the project. We participate in all of these things. Um, and then another thing too is true. Then we launch. We be, we're able to also support the Apache Pulsar in our managed cloud platform. So so in other words, right, people, if you want to use uh, Apache Pulsar, you don't want to deal with managing it, and much like you don't want to manage your Cassandra, use our cloud platform. Kind of uh, yeah. That. So the cloud platform and also some uh, added uh, benefits to it. There are also new features, for example, that that we also support. But but as such, I mean, the project is still evolving. There are lots of things. So yeah, so I, it's not the end of it yet. There's still a lot of features. What I found fascinating uh, from the beginning is, um, for instance, Kafka become really, uh, really popular. Yeah. But Pulsar at the beginning had more features. For instance, tiered storage. That the um, okay. you know that if you have uh, topics and um, if you would like to you know to move all data to archival storage or cheaper storage, so yes. Pulsar had you no know, really from the beginning and Kafka introduced it like you know a few months ago, 
So um, maybe because, you know, behind Kafka from the beginning, there was commercial company and, and Pulsar was just an um, open source project at the beginning. Maybe it will change with the data stack's involvement now. But I was always, you know, curious why Pulsar does not really take off because they had, you know, five years ago, more features than Kafka. What they yeah. also had, you know, built in uh, co uh, connectors, as I understand, and also the streaming is a part of the platform, you know. In Kafka, yeah. we have, you know, the Kafka and the Kafka Streams is uh, like yeah. additional library. Yeah. And that, um, this right. is all fun, fascinating, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. And also, uh, not only that, too, for Pulsar, too, I wanted to point out, and that's when doing efficacy is, I like to tell people is that the way Pulsar was designed in the beginning, it takes into account that, it, that we are operating in the cloud now. So we have to think like the cloud and be efficient. So there's they separate out the compute and the storage, right? So because... Very good. But th this is a cliffhanger. What I would yeah. like to do is to yeah. re-invite you back and okay. just talk yeah. about this. Okay. Because, uh, because um, I just noticed, uh, you know, what you did was way too interesting. So I would okay. say we just spent, you know, the, uh, the I was really curious about Unix and Java, you wrote to Java. Yeah. And what I would like to talk, you know, deep dive into Pulsar, if you like, because I'm oh. also interested in streaming. So the next time we will just cover, you know, um, what you said right now, why I interrupt, interrupt you. In my perspective, you know, separating the compute from the storage is cloud native. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to do this with database. You have to yeah. also to do this with, and for me, Pulsar or Kafka is more or less a database. Okay, you yeah. know, they, they, they are able to store the data forever. This is yeah. like, you know, a, a persistent log. It's yeah. very similar to database. And That's of course, right. you can, you know, have something like messaging on top of that. And yeah. and even in database, if you have a really cloud-native database, so yeah. what happens is the storage and the compute are separated. So this was way too interesting. So I, I have, you know, to say, you have to stop talk is okay. too interesting and next time we will spend the entire hour just about java please and pulsar so okay. we can cover if you like from the bottom from the bottom you know what 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 it does and um and and then uh, java on top of it i would it would really for me really interesting you know to talk about uh pulsar with you okay great yeah i would be very happy to talk about it too i get excited in talking about yeah what why do we want pulsar kind of yeah so wonderful. yeah why pulsar and why pulsar and java and what i would like yeah. also like to and, talk and with you know right. messaging versus right. eventing event sourcing and streaming Oops. if you like this would be really interesting adam are you there <laughs> Yes. Oh, I lost you a, like a second or something, but okay, good. I got no it. problem. So next time. Okay. And uh, what I would like to ask you, um, where people can find you on the internet? Maybe you have some resources, you know, to your to your company and your Twitter account or, or blog or whatever you have. Oh, sure. Yes, yes, obviously. So for me, right, I have uh, my Twitter account, uh, M-G-R-Y-G-L-E-S. I think I can also share it with you afterwards. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then also with my company is uh, datastacks.com. And there's also Astra. That's the managed cloud platform. And Astra, on okay. Astra, A-S-T-R-A. So, but folks, if you go to datastacks.com, you can find a whole bunch of information. There's documentation too. We're still working up. I mean, the team is still working on, you know, kind of populating with more useful information that it is being worked on too. So, yeah. 
And then um, I actually myself, I have a Twitch uh, live coding stream to every Wednesday. So wow! Yeah. So, so, so every Wednesday you are, you are hacking Pulsar with Java? Yeah, with, with Java, and it's kind of chatting, doing some projects, and kind of uh, working on it, and and inviting people if people wants to. Perfect. You, know. um, you have a yes. Twitch channel. This is great. And and Thursday every Thursday you said? Actually, it would be Wednesday. Normally, if I'm not traveling, is a uh, yeah Wednesday. And okay, so that would be Wednesday afternoon, although it's Central Time, so it's a uh, evening time for for you okay central european time but yeah but i tried to do it so it's way not way too late maybe but you're announcing your twitch twitch sessions on on twitter right on twitter you know i i've done it before but i have not done automatic so maybe i should do something more automatic and and whatever we will put you will put uh, a link to the show notes to your to to your hacking sessions for the for the business sounds good yeah yeah and and i can it was really nice yeah, it was really nice to meet you the second time, you know, uh, now virtually, but the first one was nicer in Poland. And uh, yeah. I would say, see you next time. See you. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, see you. Thank you.